Hi, welcome to another episode of Story Guts. I'm Alice. And I'm Molly. Um, and Story Guts is where we explore what the stories we tell tell about us. Thanks, Molly. <laughs> Got that one. You're a champ. Uh, <laughs> um, so, as usual, we're going to be discussing, um, you know, just a different story trope or thing we've seen in fiction and uh, different kinds of media. But I wanted to start out by asking... Um, Alice, who is your favorite Harry Potter character? Oh, um, that's so difficult. I think it's probably Snape. I know you're joking, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it took a minute. Okay, you're, you're, sorry. There's this, like, this pause here. You're just like, hmm. I was, like, my just... my wheels were spinning. I was like trying to. I I was trying to anticipate what you might say, uh-huh. and just that wasn't in that... my plans at all. So I was just like, <laughs> oh no, how do I respond to this? Um. Okay. Clearly. Oh, okay. I'm just going to pretend I guess it, it's it's pretend I said Professor McGonagall. Professor McGonagall. Because I think I mean, like, that's a that's she, a great choice. She's at least in the, like my top five, if not three. But I you right. know, favorite favorite. Yeah, favorite. I know. I feel you. I'm always like, oh, so and so is my favorite, but then I remember like some other character, so mm-hmm. it gets hard. Um, but I was wondering because my. Favorite? Well, again, we've discussed the difficulty of favorites, but a character I'm very, very strongly attached <laughs> to in the Harry Potter series is Remus Lupin. Oh. Um, and, oh yeah, check that transition right there. That's good. Segway. I was, I was expecting that. I was like, is she expecting me to say Remus? Like, nope. I love Remus. No, you're supposed to answer honestly. I had it all. Because I genuinely oh. do love Remus Lupin. Um, I have some issues with how Remus Lupin is handled in the books, but the concept of him and pretty much him <laughs> through the third and fifth book are amazing to me. Um, and I'll, I'll get to why, but um, you, you may or may not have guessed by now that our topic today is um, not just great teachers from, uh, <laughs> <laughs> from, from literature, but great defense against dark arts teachers. That's a one person list. Um <laughs> Um, no, today we're talking about werewolves as kind of a companion to our previous, um, vampire episode or continuation, I guess. Right. So we'll be talking about some of the same media properties, um, but also some totally different ones. Right. I think it's, it's very interesting how like increasingly werewolves and vampires go hand in hand, like, I don't know, peanut butter and jelly or peanut butter and other jellies. Um, just because... They're very. I feel like they're. Mm, it's like we, when we talk about vampires, we kind of talked about the similarity between like the how vampires exist, like maybe in opposition to uh, zombies or something. And like instead, we have like these kind of very 
dissimilar things, maybe. Like, you have vampires, and you have... Well, you've okay. got... I, I think... I actually think vampires and werewolves are more similar than you okay. maybe think. So I think you've got um, the contagious aspect. Okay. You're a danger to the people you love. Um, and then you've got sort of the, the tortured aspect, at least if we go with the sort of, like, the vampire who's tormented or guilty or conflicted mm-hmm. about his usually his or her monstrousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the werewolf is sort of the um, ultimate of that. It's somebody who is um, is human and can have or, you know, should be able to have sort of the normal life 27 days out of a month mm-hmm. or 20, or I guess 20, 30 days out of a month. Sorry. I was thinking about Buffy where they turned into a vampire for three days or a werewolf for three days. Okay. Um, All right. This... <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, okay, like every day of the month, but one. Okay. Um, but instead, you're sort of constantly haunted by, uh, you know, by your monstrousness, by the, uh, the fact that you will, no matter what you do, like this, this is coming, this like transformation. Uh-huh. Um, so I think I think that, I think that relates to sort of the the fascination with vampires as well. Um, I find mm-hmm. werewolves more compelling personally. Um, mm-hmm. We can get into why in a bit, but, um, sure. but yeah, I, I don't, so I think that's why, but I think you are right. Like they are c- constantly linked. So that's why when I was reading that, you know, vampire romance series, I was like, when are the werewolves going to show up? Like, why are there no werewolves? This is really weird. Um, there are demons, there are uh, witches, but no, werewolves um and like reading harry potter vampires are mentioned but it's odd to me that there are like vampires never really have a place in the harry potter world Mm -hmm. um except like except like in fan fiction where it's like oh draco malfoy is a vampire or whatever you're right like voldemort kind of takes that like vampiric role but like the specific like blood-sucking easygoing, you know, right. suave. Debonair. Well, and I think it's also, like, the, the, like, Voldemort's sort of quest for immortality would be pretty easily solved if he could just be like, okay, hey, give me a bite on the neck, thanks, cool. Right, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah, like, we know there are vampires in the Harry Potter world. Um, like, they're mentioned, but we never really, they seem to be sort of a rare, um, Mm-hmm. occasional apparition more there for humor or something than anything else. I feel like I mostly remember them being something like uh, Quirrell face down or maybe Gilderoy Lockhart. Gilderoy Lockhart. I feel like maybe maybe that's like the same thing like Dudley Dudley's like PlayStation where Gilder- like she, you know, she was like Gilderoy Lockhart rattles off a bunch of encounters with mythical beasts and then only later did um, J.K. Rowling realize that she didn't want vampires in the world because it would solve yeah yeah i mean it would solve the voldemort problem really handily it was like yeah why wait don't you just... side note did jk rowling decide she didn't want playstations in the oh she no she, it was just a chronolo- chronology error like apparently in the first book dudley is referenced as having a playstation but like it takes place but it in... takes in 1996 or whatever yeah so. yeah before playstations existed so it's like you know like a timeline flub yeah <laughs> she, she did not decide like this is it. A U where like everything's the same. 
Except there's Except wizards. video games. And there's no such thing as PlayStations. Like, she just has a very specific vendetta against Sony ever <laughs> since, like, her VCR 8 uh, uh, tape cassette. Um, yeah. Okay, sorry. That just took me for a... Um, a wild yes. ride. So, but then I feel like in Harry Potter, werewolves, or at least a werewolf, does sort of assume not a huge place of centrality but like a pretty important place a pretty beloved character i would say remus lupin is mm-hmm. um and one of the more tragic of the of the harry potter characters there are a whole lot of them that are quite tragic but i i know yeah. i get especially um choked up. i don't know yeah like i i have a lot of feelings about remus lupin um and i don't know i think like there are a lot of things to be said. Like how how is how is Remus Lupin working sort of within the, uh, the the sort of history of werewolf mythology um, is mm. kind of interesting in that he's kind of the lone good werewolf mm-hmm. in all of the world of Harry Potter that we see. <laughs> um, right, which is which is interesting because okay, well, anyways, go on. Well, no, I mean, which is interesting because simultaneously J.K. Rowling is very clearly doing this, like, metaphor, um, and we are going to talk about this topic at a later date in more detail, but, um, but, I mean, she said, like, she was using, um, like, lycanthropy, werewolfism, as a metaphor, uh, in Remus Lupin's case for HIV, and the sort of paranoia that everyone felt about a teacher having uh you know this disease um and the discrimination that he faced and his inability to you know get jobs and having to live in poverty and um you know being quite ill and not being able to receive adequate medical treatment um Mm -hmm. and so how (laughs) how uh How much of a problem is it? I would say a big one that (laughs) he is the only, you know, he is the only good werewolf. Uh Um, And as a side note, why is he straight? (laughs) Well, okay, he might be bisexual. Like you never know. Like okay, you know. Well, actually, I guess I guess J.K. Rowling Rowling probably at some point came out and was like. You know. I mean, regardless, he is canonically. There's nothing canonically suggestive that he is. Okay, fair, fair, fair. I mean, the the in the canon, the, she very deliberately put him in a straight romance, mm-hmm. as if to say, look, I want this metaphor about something that, you know, is not exclusive to uh, like gay population, but is very very integral part of gay history, um. And the current, current as well, present, um, mm-hmm. and then to just sort of be like, oh no, but we're gonna like throw him with a throw him with a lady, uh, <laughs> so you don't think he's too gay. What if he was gay but not gay? Basically, is her right, entire right. thing. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. that's just my own uh, <laughs> bitter uh, bitter thing because I think uh, what's what's also worth thinking about is the fact that 
the I just feel like the metaphors layer up and layer up with Remus mm-hmm. Lupin. You also get the fact that he was a child when he was targeted and attacked by Fenrir Greyback, mm-hmm. who is depicted um, as somebody who is like especially interested in harming children. Yep. So I feel like there there's a uh, like pedophilia, child sexual assault metaphor in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's just a lot going on with Remus Lupin as a sort of using werewolf, using being a werewolf as a metaphor for this. Um, uh, I don't know victimization, but also this standing outside of um, outside of society or outside of um, you know, common social life and common domestic life. Mm-hmm. Say so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think like I want to go back and sort of like th- like sort of look at those one by one. So like, I mean, and, and sort of you know the the fact that I think werewolves were already I think that they're not quite as overexposed as they are now. But werewolves, werewolves and vampires are kind of have been so entrenched mm-hmm. in public opinion, like. Like when you see a werewolf, I think there there's like things that uh, I think okay I think this is interesting because I'm now recalling um, that big like quote, like that uproar over Twilight when like they just get sparkly in sunlight um, when everyone was sort of like that's like you're going against years and years of vampire lore, um, which is which is how I imagine like people would feel if it's like oh like you're a vamp werewolf but like you you can turn into any animal. And it can be at any time or something. And it like, doesn't uh, hurt and there's no, like, emotional or physical or moral cost. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's a huge part of the werewolf thing, too. Right, right, right. And I think, and I think, yeah, I think it's, okay, so earlier you were talking about how werewolves and vampires are more similar than maybe you think. Maybe I, I sort of said at first sight. And I think that's right. Like, we were talking about the, the inevitabil- inevitability of the moon um which is interesting com- contrasting it like the vampire's idea is like you know at some point the vampire will like succumb to their thirst and suck some poor person dry of all blood uh whereas the werewolf it's sort of like hmm i want i want i want i want to throw this at you just sort of like is it internal is it more internal or is it more external it's sort of like it's they can't control this transformation that happens when it's the when the full moon comes around um yeah and then right 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 but like is it is it is it sort of like uh like with vampires it's like implied that there's a certain either lack of will or 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 a desire so strong it surpasses will whereas with werewolves it's like you're turning into a wolf so i mean you know can how how accountable can you be when you're literally another species Right. No, I think that's totally fair. And I think that's part of why I think the the dread and the moral toll is like more essential to the werewolf than to the vampire. I think with the vampire, um, you can get the sort of uh, delightfully carefree vampire, basically, because I think there's a a sense of like, this is who I am, right? It's mm-hmm. like, yes, there's sort of this bloodlust um, and there's the fear of giving into it, the sort of inevitability, the potential of giving into it. 
and mm-hmm. sort of the the romance of a vampire with a human sustained through refusal to give in to that bloodlust. Um, but it's it's a it's a matter matter of battling with oneself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think with the werewolf, it is something external or at least externalized, right? Where yeah. um, it's out of out of your control entirely. You can't not transform. Um, right. You know, sort of the the search for the cure is also a big piece of a lot of werewolf stories. It's like, how do we cure this? How do we cure this? And it's. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very interesting. Sort of like we're talking about the cure, and I think that's interesting how all of these unnatural, and I think especially that werewolves are kind of lumped in with the undead category, even though they're not technically speaking undead it's like how eggs are in the dairy section of the food pyramid um and sort of yeah no i was thinking about the cure as relates to like vampires or zombies like there's always this idea of a cure but anyways continue Mm -hmm. yeah no you're totally right um but i don't know what i was saying yeah i just think something about how the the with the werewolf it is the sense of um, being taken over or possessed almost, right? It's like mm-hmm. you you become something else. And how do you how do you live with that being part of you, even if it's not you exactly? So I think that's mm-hmm. similar to the vampire struggle, but I think the vampire struggle, there's less of an obvious sort of like schism, right? Yeah. Between who is the person and who is the vampire. Right. Whereas yeah. the werewolf is kind of the like th- there is this obvious divide so the question is is the man just a man until he's a werewolf mm-hmm. or is he a werewolf all the time but he only is physically a wolf one day or you know what i mean like yeah 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 and and i mean you even see that in people sort of different theorizations of how werewolves work like do werewolves in human form have particularly good smelling or particularly good hearing um do they have aggression issues do they um are they in any way sort of like manifesting wolfishness um or (laughs) are they like in the case of remus lupin where i feel like canonically there's not really any sense that that's the case i mean Mm. you can correct me if i'm wrong but (laughs) i don't think there's any like real evidence in the books that remus lupin uh, is like particularly wolfish as a person other than his name and uh <laughs> and so i think like and i think that's really deliberate i think whether or not he is i think part of his character is that he's constantly sort of battling stereotypes in a way right he's always mm-hmm. trying to be sort of like gentle and forgiving and not quick to anger and um you know trying not to be this sort of violent brash vicious stereotype of the werewolf who is still a wolf when he's a man yeah like the fenrir grayback right it's hmm i was gonna say like do i want to do i want to get into the topics of um sort of performance of queerness in this or is that maybe a stretch no i don't think so at all i mean there's a certainly a long a long uh history I don't know. I shouldn't say a long history, but I, I've certainly seen people sort of talking about like the relationships between, you know, werewolves and transness, transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think sort of talking about performing queerness, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that if you have thoughts on, I would love to hear. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't think I have like a strong thoughts on it. I was just because, because I think partially I wasn't so so nearly as invested in Remus Lupin. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. When I read okay. this, read the books, um, but your your talk about earlier, like you know the the wolfishness of where I mean. That's a that's such a good idea. Question is like the how wolfish is a werewolf when they're not a wolf, um, and to sort of look at it across representations. I'm not sure if uh, you know what these specific stories we tell tell about us or. Uh, yeah. But, no, I think that's. Uh... But in this one, I mean, specifically, if you're talking about J.K. Rowling's like kind of unfortunate insistence or unfortunate attempt to paint it, cast it as a. Um, queer metaphor you have Remus Lupin who is like explicitly like the the no homo werewolf um but and that's tragic and then I don't know I mean I think I think this issue issue we get into and we we've sort of talked about this earlier too is that the Remus Lupin werewolf it's like she is she's dealing with so many layers on layers like she's dealing with um he's like oh he's a metaphor for uh like being homosexual in the AIDS crisis. But, you know, then you have all these other weird things going on top of it, like the fact that uh, the other werewolf we get, like, preys on children, like the fact that, like, you know, being a wolf, you know, is, is like, being a... What is being a wolf in this instance? Is it, like, be, being gay? Like, what? <laughs> you know, um, I mean... Well, I, I mean, I, yeah, there's yeah. the very real thing of werewolves potentially are dangerous, mm-hmm. and it's not a fair i mean this is always the thing right it's not a fair comparison to compare them to people with hiv like that's mm-hmm. that's a pretty fucked up fucked up thing at least for a you know a straight woman to do with no experience you know what i mean like yeah 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 um we've talked about sort of reclaiming monstrousness but mm-hmm. um and like you know i i guess part of the thing is oh there's a medication he can take that makes him harmless right this is mm-hmm. like the new oh yeah yeah and then like it what is it he says he's like it, it like it dulls the symptoms like he's still you still turn into a werewolf but you just like kind of i don't know he says he just is able to just like he's like go to sleep more... under his desk and right he's way more chill about it like snape yeah. makes it there was like that period where harry sees snape making a potion for him and he's like don't do it Right? Am I imagining this? No, no, no. It's totally true. Because he's like, he's okay. like, Snape's trying to poison you. Because he keeps seeing that. I mean, and here's another thing. Remus Lupin looks sick, right? In the days uh-huh. leading up to and following his transformations, he looks sick. So does that uh-huh. mean he is more wolf those days? Like, that's, I don't know. That's the question. It's, it's just too, it's just too, there's too much. There's too much to try to, like, take apart. Yeah, there, um, there definitely is. I mean, and, um... I, yeah, I don't know. And we don't have to talk about Remus Lupin the whole time, <laughs> um, Okay, But I, I, mean, I just feel like it's a pretty good place to start. It's as not a, really a topic, but we sh- we, maybe we'll just have a Harry Potter episode. Just where we talk just, about Harry Potter? Sorry, because, I, mean, we, I know for certain that we can fill up an entire hour just with oh, Harry yeah. Potter talk. Oh, yeah. Um, but I guess as my, my sort of end note on Remus Lupin is, despite sort of all the things about his character that are frustrating um Mm. in its creation i think what was compelling to me about him was this sense of this really palpable sense for me about his struggle between being like a a really nice 
gentle, kind, normal person mm-hmm. and the inability to do that and sort of this constant sense of fear and sorrow mm-hmm. and that that you know the moon is always coming the, there's always right he, yeah, he's the... never going to not be a werewolf um i don't know maybe like to me it feels also like a depression metaphor like there's always there's, something there's... coming at you uh-huh. uh you know and it's, it's just kind of the inevitability of cycles i don't know but um mm. yeah so remus lupin love that guy <laughs> life comes at you fast um great well, I was <laughs> I was just sort of thinking um, about like more. In- it's like interesting because in Harry Potter, the she decides to add like the medication, the AIDS aspect to it. Whereas for traditional werewolves, I'm thinking about Discworld now. Um, there, I think it's just sort of like uh, when there's a full moon, they can like I think they can voluntarily transform at any point. But when a full moon comes, it's unavoidable, um, and. You know, it's like they they they're like extra hairy, bleeding up to it or whatever. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting just because in that series, like the the werewolf werewolf woman, I think Angua. I think there is a actually an entire book where Angua, who she's like a police a watchman, I believe, a guardsman in the city. Um, she has to deal with like her family, which is like from this traditionally backwards uh, backwater of sorry molly is doing something what what was what was that sorry my fan kept hitting something and it was making a really annoying noise oh okay i was i was wondering what that knocking sound was um okay right uh i was saying like she she there's like a book about her clash with her like werewolf family where they're basically like yeah we're like we're werewolves but we're like primarily wolves we're like we eat humans that's like that's our position in the social hierarchy mm-hmm. um i think there i don't know i think it's interesting like and then part of that like she she falls in love with a with a human in the city and i think she she's like part of her arc is like she's always conflicted about that because she's like you know um she loves him but she's i think there's this phrase she's always like you know what what do they call a tamed wolf um a tame wolf uh so oh, I, th- I think that same like kind of in that story like one of the earlier earlier plot points for her was also she was meeting someone who um was very prejudiced against werewolves and not necessarily for bad reason it's like they ate they eat people <laughs> um they like it's it's established they canonically still eat people um i'm not sure Jeez, I know, I know. You said to avoid this, but now I'm going. To, I'm, I'm not completely sure where I was going with this. <laughs> um, I think this happens to me quite a lot, so you're going to have to forgive me. That's all right. Um, I mean, that actually reminds me. There was a a book I read, oh God, probably in middle school, called Blood and Chocolate. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this? Nope. It's like a young adult novel. Um, mm-hmm. but it was it was about uh. Sort of the werewolves, the chocolate. I don't, I think the chocolate were the people. Oh, oh. Like humans. Oh, I see. Like, <laughs> okay. it was basically, you know, a teenage girl who's a werewolf trying to uh-huh. navigate between, trying... I mean, she's like very comfortably a werewolf, but then she meets a human man and, uh-huh. or a boy, human teenager, 
and right. you know falls for him but like will he care about her and then i think he finds out she's a werewolf and right, right. something something and at the end of the book what i remember most is one she becomes the like leader of her werewolf pack yeah sure. we haven't even gotten into like weird werewolf pack dynamics <laughs> oh my god we do I, um, oh I don't know my. how i feel about that oh two, but we have to okay go on Two, she ends up not with the human because he can't accept her for who she is. And she ends up instead with her, uh, like, the strongest werewolf in her pack, who, by the way, was her mother's ex-boyfriend. Ooh, that's uh, weird. Yeah, like, and she's 17 and he's 22 or something like that, 23. Anyway, I really hated the ending. It freaked <laughs> me out. And I was like, I do not care for this. Um, <laughs> I, but yeah. I do think you're right that, like, a lot of, I feel like werewolf stories often come with there's sort of the I'm a werewolf. How do I? I'm a werewolf, and I think of myself primarily as a wolf, mm-hmm. and sort of like it's it's dealing with humanity. Okay, that's, that's the problem. And then there's the I'm a human, but I have this wolf side, and right. dealing with that is the problem. And I think you kind of right. get that's kind of the let's take that let's take that let's take that rich brew and let's talk about. The thing that I immediately thought about, maybe you immediately thought about too, is like this is this sounds like such a clear like stand-in for my like it's it's interesting like I was like this sounds like such a clear stand-in for minority or even like just like my yeah, just in general minority is like I have my human side and I have my wolf side my wolf side is seen as dangerous by the rest of society you know am I wolf or am I human except except not except it's like also completely not. <laughs> I well mean, i mean yeah just... it's it is a question of i mean i feel like it's a story of quote-unquote assimilation when mm. you have sort of the i'm a proud werewolf and i love my werewolf pack and i, I love my werewolf know, son and like do i do i need to become more human and palatable to be you know to be accepted <laughs> Pal- by palatable. humans uh-huh. um and then you get the like oh i'm really happily human but i've got this this terrible secret that you know i don't know how to accept about myself and it's something tragic mm-hmm. um yeah i don't i don't know where i was going with that you continue your thought yeah i mean i was gonna say i was trying to drive at something um which is like these these are kind of you can sort of see that recla- you talk about the reclaiming of monstrousness how this is an idea that uh slots very neatly into minority metaphors right like i was talking about earlier like as a as a second generation american i think there's mm-hmm. uh you can sort of like am i a wolf and like and as trans it's sort of like you know it's like am i a human like you know it's and it's interesting on the days where i'm like am i am i human first am i trans first like you know where where that bubbles down but on the other hand this kind of narrative is so mainstream in a sense it's like as a child i remember reading like werewolf books that that it's naive of me, but like I only really, I only really drew the line like just like thirty seconds ago while no, you were talking I think, about it. No, I think that's a really good point. Um, and and I wonder why it's like it just doesn't like to me. I mean, I'm sure there are two people, many people for whom it resonates, um, but why it doesn't resonate for me? Like it's not a story. I'm like a werewolf story is like this is maybe because like vampire stories are too romanticized or. Like, or or like they're just too Americanized. Like they're just so fundamentally like, like, you know, in Twilight, the the werewolves, you know, they play baseball with vampires or something. I've never read Twilight. No, that is not a thing that happens at all. <laughs> in Twilight, the, the werewolves are Native Americans. Oh, oops. Okay, right. Okay. Um, it's awkward. I think that happens in the Vampire Diaries too. I could be wrong. 
But I but feel they, like in that one, the... They the, play baseball with each other? No, no. Nobody plays... The, the <laughs> vampires play baseball with themselves. Okay, okay. I was like, I was like, it was, I thought it was like kind of like, um, you know, it's like the the last game of the season. And it's the vampires versus werewolves, and whoever wins takes home the trophy. No, that probably would have been a better book. Actually, I could see that being kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but I don't know that I would say like werewolves are Americanized, right? I mean, mm-hmm. okay, they are. They are very American, but like, I feel like there's probably werewolf sort of type myth maybe not wolf maybe more like shapeshifter right Mm -hmm. in a lot of other cultures i don't know i might just be talking at my i mean i know it's certainly a a european thing but that's Mm -hmm. not what you mean i think um (laughs) um i don't know i mean i guess we could talk about uh there is a the wolf children movie which is a oh yeah japanese anime film right um, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's interesting just because in, in Wolf, so Wolf Children, um, the, the beginning of it is basically the mother falls in love with a werewolf. Wolf? Werewolf. Not... He's a, he's a werewolf. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was like, it's definitely not like just a wolf. That's not, that's <laughs> Although not a, I do not... remember there was like a weird bit in the sex scene where. Well, okay. yeah, but he's like, whatever, right? It's a werewolf. It's kosher or whatever. Um, um resulting then, so she has she gets married to him i think and has they have kids right they have a, a daughter who so they the kids are both half werewolf so they're sort of like but i feel like this emerges as sort of being like half human half wolf kind of i don't know so mm-hmm. you get the daughter who's sort of the exemplar of the you know i want to sort of fit in with the humans how do i um be myself but still kind of like assimilate and sort of live this human life and then a younger mm-hmm. son who is the, um, I want to pursue my wolf side. This is who I truly am. Right. I want to produce stand up in New York. <laughs> uh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not quite. Or I want to run through the mountains, being a fully grown wolf, even though I'm like twelve hey, years hey, old. This is this is you just. Spoilers. Oh my god! I was trying to avoid spoilers. And you just gave away the entire end of the. Sorry. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Whatever. Um. Okay, well, I, I think it's interesting in that one just because that one's less, uh, it's like being a wolf versus being not a wolf is more of a question of control versus, oh my god, speaking of animation, what is, we're going to talk about when Marnie was there sometime. Okay, anyways, end of, end of discussion. Um, we can do but, it on our episode about the times Molly was made most angry in her life. <laughs> anyway. I, I think uh, queer baiting and, and just massive fakeouts um, can be the topic of that one. Okay. Uh, okay. Anyways, um, but in that one, it's less about like we we're talking about earlier the inevitable inevitability of the clock, the fact the moon always comes around, um, and replaced with just sort of like if you're not careful, they'll have like tails and ears, or like they'll turn completely into a wolf. Is that right? Like, yeah, that's true. It's it's more it's less of a um, you know fate will swoop in thing, and it's more of like what is their like what form are they are they themselves? How do they live? Like what, um, I mean, even just like what shape is their body taking? Um, Mm. I mean, and there's very much a sense throughout that, like, they aren't just one thing or another. I mean, that's why they, you know, will be in human form and sprout ears or, um, you know, a tail. Yeah. But they're like, like if they're 
particularly frustrated or yeah I mean just you know or they're playing or whatever but like yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I think like it's in, in different moments, they're sort of different manifestations of this sort of hybrid, mm-hmm. um, species. Um, but they sort of like live in a world that kind of is forcing them to be one thing or another. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know if that speaks to anything culturally different or is, mm-hmm. I mean, it still, it feels like a similar story, but a different take on it. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is like a, like a very Western focused uh, or even America focused um, podcast, which is kind of a shame. I, I would be, I'll be glad to tell about werewolves in like Chinese culture, but I don't actually know that much about it. I could have um, done research. So- we could have done research, but uh, yeah. But I mean, some sometimes yes. we don't decide what we're going to be discussing until right yeah, before this, we do it. So right, and and also it was like Fourth of July weekend. Uh, we were all up all night. You know, actually, we. I just got a tattoo night. like two days ago. I'm real tired. It's actually really nice. You should check. Actually, I'm not really sure what avenue you would have to see it. Are you, you post it? Mm. It's probably on my Twitter somewhere. Okay. Um, yeah. Or Instagram, or but, you, know, you can like just tweet at me, be like, "Hey Molly, what's your tattoo?" I'll send you a picture. It's really cool. <laughs> okay. Slide like, into fo- my DMs. Fo- <laughs> that won't be weird. Are you sure you're using that phrase correctly? Um, I have I... no idea. I don't, I don't really understand, but I know it's like, I think it's a thing when people are like creeping on another person. So you can creep on me by asking for a picture of my beautiful tattoo. I thought it was just like when you're sexting someone, like that's what you say, or like that's like the pre the prelude. Okay. You know what? Maybe. Maybe live, it's... Live your fullest life and flirt with our listeners. I don't know. I feel like this is just more proof I'm old. Somebody had to teach me how to use Snapchat the other day. What do you I mean? wouldn't have bothered to learn except that she was making fun of me for not knowing how to use Snapchat. And okay, then... hold hold on. What do you mean teach you how to use Snapchat? I don't like understand I thought... how Snapchat works. <laughs> what? I mean, I know how to use the filters and take selfies of myself. Right, right. Okay. right. That's fine. No problem. Okay. Um, but like stories and like messages apparently okay. people have been sending me snaps for months and i haven't even oops, i just hit my microphone uh have been sending me snaps for months and i haven't opened any of them so they like stopped sending them to me because i didn't know how to open them wait that's like people stopped sending them to you oh because like you just didn't respond to them because i didn't i mean i didn't look at them okay because well, i didn't yeah, even know i was too. getting them um so yeah so now i've i've learned how to are you back on Snapchat? Snapchat. I mean, I'm on Snapchat. I wouldn't describe myself as, like, particularly on, on Snapchat. I did a few <laughs> snaps because now I, I know how to do them. So that was exciting. Mm-hmm. But right, uh, right. I'm still more of an Instagram kind of person because I think it suits my old lady self Because you're all better. about Mark Zuckerberg 2020. What? Yeah. Because Instagram's a Facebook property. You're all about supporting Facebook because you love Mark Zuckerberg. Yes, that's exactly can't it. I'm glad you suck. know me so can't, well. What did you just say? Suck. <laughs> oh. Okay. No, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. Okay. Oh, why do you do this to me? Why do you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the point being, right. um, what were we saying? Oh, yeah, we don't do research. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, as, as, as confirmed we're just some, by our... Some just... Extremely lengthy kind of period where we just talked about Instagram. 
Snapchat. Like, like I'm not even sure what we're exactly talking about. I'm just like hesitatingly saying, how you know the. We're just gonna hope people are just like love us as people and will listen to our rants about unrelated things. Oh, that's my dearest hope. Um, (laughs) The cult of personality. (laughs) Right. Just just need to get that cult of personality working for us. Unfortunately, we don't we we don't have like literally three hundred episodes of funny. Is that is that right? Funny, uh, just nothingness. Are you that's, talking about like from a bim bam? Yeah, but that's well, not fair. It's not nothing. They give advice. They do give advice. That's the it lends like a structure to their show. Yes, I mean also like I think when you're when you're like relatives with people, I guess they've just got a they've got a rapport. Anyway, we've got a rapport. We do have a rapport. It's a different rapport. Okay, sure, fair. We haven't known each other since we were born. <laughs> Literally born. That's true. Um, we, we've anyway, got like a lot of catching up to do. Okay, werewolves. We've got like twenty minutes left, so we should probably talk about some other werewolf things. Okay, let's uh, let's think about. Okay, were there werewolves? Okay, Molly, you're gonna have to feel this one. I'm trying to think if there are werewolves in any sci-fi stuff. Like, I could have sworn I'd read more books with werewolves in them, but I really think that it's just mostly just vampires. Like, there's something people like my like trashy paranormal like urban fantasy books are all about all about the vampires less so about the werewolves i don't know i i don't read those i read you better read real but, books. No. i get it i get it it's all right <laughs> no i just watch terrible tv shows so mm. speaking of which i want to talk about hemlock grove again oh yeah um, that's right so i talked about hemlock grove a little bit during the vampire episode um Again, it's the worst television program I've ever watched in its entirety. All three seasons are on Netflix. I do not recommend it. <laughs> I do however, not recommend any of them. However, if you're interested, try like YouTube, YouTubing, um, uh, Hemlock Grove Werewolf Transformation because it is the wildest, grossest, most interesting werewolf transformation I've ever seen. So I feel like a low bar for werewolf transformations is like the Harry Potter <laughs> one, right? It looks really stupid. Uh-huh. Not, not. I don't. Even, I don't even know what it looks like. Oh, is animorphs count as werewolves? No, right? They don't. I mean, I think it's in. It's it's not unrelated. I think they sometimes they. I think sometimes they morph long. into. No, he. <laughs> I mean, in a sense, in a sense, he was a wolf too long. He was a werebird too long. He, right. Now, yeah. Let me talk about the crazy-ass transformations <laughs> sorry, on Hemlock sorry, Grove. Go, go on, go on. So go on. in the crazy-ass transformations on Hemlock Grove, the main character is a werewolf. Um, there's also some racist stuff with that because he is Romani. Um, and there's a lot of like, uh, much like in Twilight, all Native Americans are werewolves. This is like, all the Romani people are werewolves. Um, or like in The Vampire Diaries, where all the black people are witches. I don't know. Anyway... But uh, in Hemlock Grove, he hit, when we finally see his transformation, it is like his body literally bursts. Like um, his eyes pop out and his mouth pops out and like his bones all fall off and his skin falls off. And there's a wolf, like a full, just normal looking wolf, but big inside of him. <laughs> and that's, that's how it happens. And then the wolf, I am not kidding, the wolf eats the body it sounds so wild and then when he transforms back into a human he crawls out of the wolf's mouth (laughs) it's i mean 
mean, it's really gory, and it's really, um... And for some reason, every time he does this, he, like, he, like, looks at the camera, and he's like, not this shit again. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I just feel like it's the thing that stuck with me the most about that show, other than how mad it made me in every single way. <laughs> because, like, I don't know that I liked it, but it was, it was, it was gutsy in a way that, uh, I think paid off which I will not mm. say for the rest of the show. Most of it was, I think, gutsy in a way that was just terrible. <laughs> which was just a shame. Um, but I think it like really viscerally got at the horror of mm. werewolf transformation. Um, right. Is in a way that was new. It wasn't just yeah. like, your bones are breaking and changing, but it was like, it was like You're there like, was this wolf just inside of you that just like, Tears its way out. I'm doing some really great, I know I say this every episode, I'm doing some just really great hand motions and like acting out the like wolf like popping out of my chest. It's it's true, she is. It just doesn't come across. I think, think, um, is there something we want to talk about with regards to, I I say this a lot, maybe that's, I should change my catchphrase, um, about werewolves, the cycle of the moon, woman, um, the alienation of the body, or is it like, what do you think? No, I think this is this is something we're thinking about. And I think it's worth thinking about because I think so many of the major werewolf figures are men. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's more unusual to see female werewolves. And I think when you do, there is a lot more of a um, uh, ex- an explicitly sort of like feminist or sort of thinking about womanhood take. It's not just uh-huh. sort of thinking about humanity. I mean, this is true so much of the time when it's just women doing anything. But, um, <laughs> but like, you know, it, I, um, I think about like, I haven't seen it, but Ginger Snaps I know is like about teenage girl werewolves. And, mm-hmm. um, a lot of it is about, you know, female sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I really want to talk about Justella with you. Oh yes. Just, uh, but but yeah, I think there's like I think there's a reason like all the sort of like popular, popular like really popular stuff, um, the, your your Harry Potter, your Twilight, mm-hmm. um, your Buffy, the really the main werewolf figures in that are men. Um, so what what is what is sort of the 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 fear about the female? Werewolf is it similar to the female vampire, where it's just you know she's she's a uh, she's powerful and seductive and whatever, or is there something about the female werewolf as um, you know hairy and grotesque and uh-huh. not necessarily beautiful mm-hmm. um, that that we find uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. I I think it's interesting you you ask that because I don't seem to really recall like any. I think part of this is just because you know. Hollywood, mm-hmm. um, but there's I don't remember particularly. That's like the focus point for female werewolves. Like female werewolves are still sexy. They're still they're just sort of like additionally they make maybe more jokes about shaving and I don't know. No, I mean I I could see that too. I mean I think there has to be sort of this alleviation of the fear that that the monstrousness is a in mm-hmm. unsexy unappealing monstrousness. Um, mm-hmm the the yeah grotesquerie or something of it has to be mitigated um or like it's that kind of like you know you know it's like that kind of uh 
I want to say like I'm 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 not going to stand behind this one. I'm going to stand slightly to the side of it. Um, but like the like the transphobia of like this is a woman and now she's a wolf and now she'll like kill you. Um, just sort of like the the process of like oh you thought she was woman but she's actually a blank. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. I think that's. Yeah. I I mean I think that's an awesome point. I mean I oh, man. I know I didn't read this. Oh, but I just saw it linked somewhere. Maybe if I can find it, we can put it in like show notes or something. Um, okay. Well, we have the follow up episode three episodes from now. Or that's whatever. true. There was an article I just saw talked about somewhere that was talking about shapeshifters as a sort of transphobic um, mm. narrative trope, and I feel like werewolves could absolutely fall into that. And I would see, say for female werewolves, um, and for for this idea of the the woman who's who changes who whose body isn't always the same or whatever that mm-hmm. could be both especially present that the transphobic fear transmisogynistic fear um and then yeah. i could also see there being like a real um reclaiming of that imagery as well so yeah i mean i think it's it's not like you know it's not surprising to me that there's so much um like that this it's very prevalent the I want to say, like, yeah, like, anim- like transformation metaphors are really prevalent um, in the queer community just because of the re- like the 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 richness of this, like the like you said, and we keep coming back to this, but I think it's a great topic, like the monstrousness of the body being uh, embraced rather than being uh, hidden or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always interesting. I don't know what to, uh, how to like, <laughs> I don't um, know how to slice that pie, that specific pie. Um, I, I don't either. Um, so I, I, is... I do want to talk about Gisela before we wrap up. Oh, absolutely. We, I think, I think we have to talk about Gisela. Um, um, so is there anything else we want to say before we get to that? Were you no. saying something? Okay. No, I don't, not really. I mean, I think it relates. It's, it's, um, Gistella is a short story by mm. Susan Powlick, I believe, spelled G-E-S-T-E-L-L-A, Gistella. Mm. And it's, um, we read it in, well, you'd read it before, right? Yeah. And then I read it, it was collected in a collection of feminist, uh, speculative oh, that's fiction right. called... Yeah. Uh, Sisters Half- of the Revolution, mm-hmm. um, which was a great collection, recommended. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's the story of a wolf woman who, or wolf girl, mm-hmm. who, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, she, she's basically found by, like... An adult man. Yeah, adult man. Um, and she's starting out she's like 14 in human years right so it's it plays with this idea of aging differently um as for every year she ages as a sort of wolf she ages seven years as a human um and so sort of she she ends up in this really unhealthy relationship with this man who is at first very um attracted to her otherness and to her uh, uh, sort mm-hmm. of 
her, her wolfishness. As well and as then, the fact that she looks like a 12-year-old. Yes. Um, and then he sort of goes about taming her. Um, and, you know, as she ages, he losing interest. Um, and I don't, I don't really want to give it all away because it's, I mean, heavy, heavy trigger warnings because it's <sighs> one of the most upsetting and disturbing stories I've ever read. Um, mm-hmm. But it's really, really powerful. And I think it really brings to light a lot of what we've been talking about today in terms of um, the, the sort of metaphor of the female wolf, the fear of, uh, the fear of mm-hmm. the woman, um, whether, you know, how, how about taming somebody, about, um, yeah. you know, how do you make yourself more... Uh, more palatable mm-hmm. and what are the dangers of that um yeah i don't know yeah, Do you have anything mean, else I, to say i mean i just want to say like i would absolutely recommend um Jastella if as just like a short story that would knock you off your feet with a caveat like molly said that is just major trigger warnings for child abuse sexual abuse and death. A- abuse and just a- just like it's real bad stuff <laughs> it just knocked me like blew me away by just how how short it was and how just gutting it was for like this like I don't know anyways yeah I mean it's the story I left being like I hated the story I hate this I hate this and then I realized I didn't hate it it just made me feel things I hated (laughs) Um, because it was so good at what it was doing Uh, but just powerful it's a piece I really would like to teach one day but That'll be a hard day too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, were- werewolves love those Were- things. Werewolves ah. love those love those wacky guys. Love those wacky guys. Um, yeah, we might have we'll we'll probably do another um, like recap episode in a few episodes where we come back and sweep up all the points we <laughs> <laughs> left on the ground. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure there's something we'll say there. Oh, I really wanted to talk about Game of Thrones. We'll do that then. Uh, well, we can talk. I mean, okay, let's see. How much time do we have? We have, okay, we have like seven minutes. So I guess we'll talk about Game of Thrones. We can also have we can also have a have a wonderful Game of Thrones episode. Where that's we, true. Um, where but like, yeah, I just, I think the idea of working and the the sort of, shifting into the or not what are they like warging warging right they just call it warging right i was trying to think if there's like another word for it but (laughs) i feel like there is but i don't know anyway the warging is like i think really um related to the idea of the werewolf um and like what does that mean for the stark children Mm. what does that mean for the ones who do have dire wolves what does that mean for the ones who don't anyway um tune in next time on game of thrones (laughs) um yeah, so shall we wrap up with our weekly oh, yeah, segment sure. of what have you been uh, reading or watching or imbibing? Let's uh, see. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. What have you just been consuming, I guess? Um, I was actually, my phone died last weekend, um, and I was at Lassen Volcanic National Park. Highly recommend it, especially if you love volcanoes. Lots of, like, volcanic rock. What was it called know, again? Lassen Volcanic National Park. L-A-S-S. Yeah, E-N. Um, and you got the walk. You get, there's like a lava tube nearby, like lots of volcanic features. No active volcanoes. I, I couldn't like roast a marshmallow over lava like you see on like National Geographic channels. 
Um, I've also been playing a lot of Shadow of Mordor, which was on sale for cheap through a Steam sale. Uh, and I think this is interesting because it's a it's a token property. I think there's already like it was on sale for like four dollars. It's been out for a while. Um, and I remember I sort of re went back and reread criticisms of the story because it's like you're a white ranger. You've been brought back from the brink of death. You're like, you know, you have to kill all these orcs um, to like avenge your dead, you know, like wife and son. Mm -hmm. Standard stuff. When you say white ranger, is that a. No, nope, like... no, nope, sorry. He's white. And like a, a white... ranger. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Is it right. a class or is it a. Right, right. He's Good white question. and a ranger. Okay. We, we do have like a. What's his name? Saruman the gray what's his color we have gandalf the white well gandalf the gray anyways yeah so so part of it it's like this like bruce you're like you're basically you're you're playing like a quote-unquote gorilla gorilla fighter you're like going through killing all these orcs halfway through the game you gain the ability to dominate them like you gain the ability to like like slave their will to your own um cool. like en masse so so then you get this extremely like orcs have traditionally kind of been like the quote-unquote non-white races so they'll be like Humans will be all white, and then you have like blue and green people, like quote, like bestial or bestial people, mm -hmm. which everyone's like at this point, everyone's like, hmm, like maybe this isn't as cool as you think it is. Uh, so I was going back and reading like criticisms of like it's a solid game, they really enjoyed it, um, but like the the slavery angle is really hard to swallow. Like it's extremely difficult to play the game and root for the main character who's like going around, killing everyone, like, and, like, the game attempts to absolve you of guilt. They're like, oh, orcs are brutal, they're savage, they know nothing of art, um, they're slavers. And it's like, okay, sure, but, um, and then, like, but, like, okay, but at this point, I'm, like, men like mentally enslaving dozens of them and, like, for my own purposes. Like, that's, that's a, that's messed up. Um, that is. Anyway, it's, it's really messed up. I'm actually kind of, but I really, <laughs> I enjoyed the game. Um, and I'm interested in what the sequel coming out in August will have and also whether they'll, like, try to fix it or whether they'll just sort of, like, you know what? We, we, it's, it's just, it is what it is. Hugely racist. Uh, or extremely uncomfortable racial undertones. Anyways, yeah. how are you, Molly? What, how are you doing? Well, I don't know that I've been, uh, reading much. Okay. Oh, I, okay. Sorry. I was reading, um, a book called living a feminist life by Sarah Ahmed, which was mm -hmm. pretty good. I did not finish it because somebody recalled it to the library. I know that's extremely rude. Very rude. This is very rude in university etiquette. Just, you can get it through an inner library loan, but whatever. <laughs> what the part I read was pretty good. Um, so I was enjoying that. What else? Um, I've been listening nonstop to uh, Lord's new album, Melodrama. It's amazing. Um, Kesha's new song, Praying, is very, very good. And oh, I really yeah. like Supercut from um Supercut's from album. so good from Melodrama. Supercut's so yeah, good. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, when she, like, yells, it's very powerful. Um, <laughs> and let's see. Other than that, I'm being, like, a total uh, fake gamer girl. That's not... <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm watching a lot of uh, content from Poly Polygon. I watched like so many hours of uh, Polygon people. They call themselves Awful Squad doing uh, oh, Player Unknown's Battleground. Yeah, Pubviga. 
Pubka. Um, Pubka? And do they call it Pubka? They do sometimes. Oh my god, I'm I'm so happy. And oh god, it's so fun. It's so entertaining. <laughs> oh my god, like the first one, it kind of took me a while. I was like, okay, they're just like playing a video game, but like, uh, they have they have one where they um, they have uh, so they're they're four people. They're playing on a squad, and then they have a fifth person who mm-hmm. is like instructing them on everything to do. And they all call her, they're all calling her, like, mother. And they're like, okay, mother, what should we do next? And they're like, mom, we're fighting each other, blah, blah, blah. And then she'll be like, okay, okay, okay now, my sons, do this. Wait, um, how does she, so is she, like, a pro gamer, or? No, she just is also a person who works at Polygon. She just stands there and tells them what She's to do. She's just standing there telling them what to do. Interesting. Um, and uh, they, they did some, like, uh... Uh, like mod versions they did a zombie version where everyone else is zombies um and they did one where somebody on their team was a traitor that was a great one really recommended that sounds incredible um just i don't know a lot of fun um so that's that's been me that's been hours (laughs) of my life for the past uh while um awful squad on youtube check it out mm-hmm. and other than that oh and i've been re-listening to the adventure zone because it's uh heading into its final final conclusion and i wanted to re-listen and re-experience some of these great moments that uh now make a lot more sense because <laughs> we're getting some answers these incredible boys incredible boys and all my favorite npcs Oh, yeah, of course. Um, all right. I mean, I guess this is, I mean, I, I just feel like it's so empty. Like, we're not, we're not, call, like, we're not doing a shout out to Blue Apron. We're not like, oh, uh, you know, Blue Apron gives you everything you need to create a delicious home-cooked meal. This is terrible. I like, I just know the, the Oh, me the too. Pitch. Me too. All right. Well, um, thanks for listening. Uh, follow us at. Um, Story Guts at, Cast. At Story Guts Cast. Um, I was going to say dot com, but there's no dot com. There might anymore. be one day. Uh, um, oh, you should subscribe to us on iTunes if we're you on saw- iTunes yet. Oh, right. Um, I mean, I think it's very easy to be on iTunes. I feel like at this just... point we'll be on iTunes. So subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave a review. I really hope so. Um, I don't think it's difficult. And you can see how professional we are right here. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, we read all the we read all the medium posts. How could we have been caught unprepared? Um, it's just hard because I'm having to think ahead to what we'll want people to be doing. Well, it's like we'll want to rate and them. Like, so rate like, and subscribe and like uh, and subscribe. You know, that's that's all good. All that stuff. Uh, um, yeah, whatever. Send us know, um, send us ideas at. I was gonna set up a Gmail, but uh, feel us free to send us ideas for topics to cover yeah, on so Twitter. Just- yeah, just send it to us on Twitter. Everyone, like, you know, if you don't have a Twitter, um, hmm, that's a, get a Twitter. You've made a, you've made, no, no, no. I was going to say you've made an excellent life choice. Don't get a Twitter. Um, if you don't have a Twitter now, you probably never will need one. Um, and more power to you. Like, you're living the best life. Um, we'll probably have a Gmail eventually and we'll, we'll tell you what that is when we do. I mean, if, if unless, other unless contra indicated somehow 
assume that it's going to be story like you want to just say story guts cast that at gmail like very, it seems likely gmail. that that's what it will be it'll be like, it'll be listed on our twitter if that okay helps. um yeah. all right so i think i think that's everything all the housekeeping <laughs> uh yeah that sounds good i feel like at some point we should say what our intro music is and stuff but oh you're right we'll we'll worry about that next week um a mystery yeah uh okay I'm okay slice it back in all right thanks for listening um thanks for this listening is... this is story guts oh okay i we've been forgetting to say the name of the thing oh, at the end so we want to okay. do that thanks for listening to story guts i'm alice Sly. and i'm molly curran and as usual stay hungry stay hungry what are you are you doing that together are you doing <laughs> I don't think we know. I can't remember. Like, are we doing it together? Are we doing it I separately? think we just did it together once on accident. But that was great, though, wasn't it? It was, but I feel like you can't you can't plan it. You can't rely. Okay, we can try. Well, we can we, try. We can plan it. Okay. <laughs> like, this is not As usual, stay uh, hungry. Stay- Wait. <laughs> okay, you know what? We'll, do, we'll, we'll get okay. around to this next week. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, we did that. <laughs>